0: Well, I can already tell this is going to be a very busy news week. We have a lot of things to cover today. I hope you will stay tuned. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to our Monday edition of the Truth to Ponder radio program and podcast. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. So many things I want to share today. So many news stories in front of me. And I really, at times, don't even know where to begin. I saw somebody that had written an, an article and I can't, don't have it in front of me, but the essence was we are living in a post truth world. And that individual's right. In anything we've we've seen happen, the idea of truth and honesty is is something that even in our government, in many of our corporations, it's become something that is no longer part of who we are. Honesty and integrity are two things that are now rare commodities. We'll talk about that in just a little while. Over the weekend on Sunday, my wife and I, we happened to watch the very solemn ceremony at Dover at the Air Force Base when at least 11 we were able to see taken off the airplane of those that died in Afghanistan. And, and what is troubling to me, and, and I really don't want to be political today, but if it sounds like it, I apologize up front. I'm just going to be realistic and pragmatic. In other words, I don't care about the political uh, party. I just care about what's right and wrong, what's truthful, what's honest. I'm tired of the lies. I'm tired of the spin. I'm tired of the garbage. I'm tired of the silliness, foolishness abject, intellectual, and spiritual poverty that is exhibited by those that have official capacities in our government. There was no need for those 13 to die. Decisions were made, and they try to give a spin like it was the right thing to do. Decisions were made at the very top to close down the one place the one place in all of Afghanistan that could have been used to safely evacuate people and have control of the situation. We gave it away, along with $68 billion in new equipment. It's a trillion-dollar base. And nothing you gotta, you got to wonder, what was somebody at the Pentagon thinking— what were they thinking as they watched Taliban people, you know, running around with our Black Hawk helicopters at our airbase? Which person at the Pentagon at the White House decided to evacuate our forces in the middle of the night out of Bagram and not even tell our Afghan counterparts, oh by the way, we're leaving Which person on the Joint Chiefs of Staff thought it was a good idea to get down to so few people realizing that the entire country since April has gradually been taken over by the Taliban? They, it, that's obvious. And did anybody attempt to stop it? Did anybody say you've crossed the red lines that, were, that we talked about a year ago? No, they didn't. They just let them keep coming somehow we're just going to wander out of here and everything's going to be fine then I watched this this beaten down old man standing there at Dover with a deer in the headlight look as one flag draped box passed him by it wasn't all that long ago about a month or so ago, a month and a half ago, that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was on Capitol Hill along with um, General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And they were answering questions on on extremism and critical race theory. And we hear this mantra. And let's be honest, and I'm going to I want to put this into a perspective, OK. A lot of things happened on January 6th that should never have happened, that should never have been allowed to happen. I have thought about this. I have looked at the videos. I have listened carefully to what everybody had to say, from Nancy Pelosi all the way to people that were there. It was a big protest. And guess what? In my lifetime, there have been many a big protest of people at the Capitol angry about something. It is their American right to do so. But not according to some people. No, you have no right to use your constitutional right. You just don't if we don't like what you have to say. And this this is where we're going. And I'm thinking about those that are in charge, that should have been in charge worrying about getting out of Afghanistan, that have done a pathetic job. They didn't, they're so busy studying and worrying about critical race theory and white rage that was going to subvert the Constitution. The only thing that subverted the Constitution was the theft of an election. That was the real subversion. And I really believe, and I'm still convinced It may be late, but the truth will ultimately come out. I really believe God is going to be faithful. He is going to be faithful to let the truth finally be told. My biggest fear then is what do they do to correct what has occurred? Like I say, we live... Part of our time in Florida, and then we're up in the mountains of Georgia. And this year, in particular, we're here a little bit more often for a number of of legitimate family reasons. But I can tell you from all the years that I have been involved in the state of Georgia, matter of fact, let me just kind of share something. It just dawned on me as I'm looking at the calendar. Today is the 30th of August. It was 40, what, six years ago when I married my first wife, who I lost about 17 years ago. And I've that was in Toccoa, Georgia. And so I have watched the politics of the state of Georgia for quite a long time. In the mid-1970s, doing news in Atlanta, I used to cover the governor's mansion along with the CDC occasionally when they had something big to talk about. And I covered the presidential campaign when he was in Georgia coming through of, of Jimmy Carter. I was actually at the Omni the night that he won the election, and I talked to him then. I've got a picture of me interviewing the president-elect back in 1976. Also have one of myself and Ronald Reagan in 1980. So I understand the politics of Georgia. I've been all over this state. I worked for a college and we own radio stations in a lot of places in the South. And so I drove to many a community in town and I lived and worked for a season in the Atlanta metro area. Went to Atlanta all the time. So I, I kind of understand the politics And to convince me that Joe Biden won the state of Georgia with the things that I had seen in this state is, frankly, an insult to anybody's intelligence. We saw those boxes of ballots come out and get scanned one, two, and three times. Oh, but that's all right. There's no fraud. There is so much evidence that something was not right about this election. And trust me. Print your own ballots in California. That ought to work out well for their recall election. And so we have the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And you have the person in charge of our military. General Mark Milley. As someone said, a thoroughly modern Milley. And when he's talking to Representative Matt Gates and others back in the end of June this is what he had to say. On the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university. Uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white. And I want to understand it. So. What is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? Well, General, as I said just a moment ago, it was having states stealing elections, breaking the law, violating the Constitution that got Americans mad. And you're worried about critical race theory and people that invaded the Capitol in anger. Now, I also want to know, why did the um, why were all the warnings about so many people being there ignored? Why do we have video showing Capitol Police allowing people in? I'll tell you why. They wanted, they wanted the optics, they needed this narrative to shut down because I really believe, I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I think many people in the Democrat Party the leadership, including Nancy Pelosi, knew the election was stolen, but we can't have that coming out. Mess up everything. They hated Trump so bad. And so anything they could do to guarantee the narrative is switched away from stealing an election to those evil white people that are Republicans or or conservatives and all the evil. You even had the bankrupt news media. You remember, you remember the one officer, Brian Sicknick, that the media made this outrageous claim. They're really in the shadow of the Capitol, a place where he gave his life's work for the last dozen years or so and ultimately ended up giving his life Uh, during that horrible insurrection on Wednesday. And that was pretty much the narrative that uh, Officer Brian Sicknick was killed by being beaten up with a fire extinguisher. Well, eventually that story fell apart. But gee, the New York Times, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, all of them ran with that story without ever corroborating it or verifying it. But it fit the narrative. You know, those terrible people. Like I say, my issue today is simply this. We have a military that's worrying about all this silliness, and they can't maintain the job they've been supposed to be doing for the past 20 years. And now they've known for, oh, I don't know, about a year, over a year, that our goal is to get out of Afghanistan. And while they're running around with critical race theory hearings and worrying about... The insurrection, which was not an insurrection. Right now we have political prisoners that are in their cells in solitary confinement 23 hours a day. They're political prisoners for crying out loud. Anybody that burned down a courthouse in Portland during the, oh, the other insurrections where they, they burned down and took over police stations, they're running around free. These are political prisoners. We have an idiotic, completely bankrupt military that can't do a simple job. And they've made one calculated mistake after the other. You don't shut down the one place in all of Afghanistan that you have control. Bagram Air Base. You've got plenty of land between you and anybody else trying to get there. You've got military superiority, you have air power, you've got everything for intelligence that you need. And you shut that down and you abandon it and give it to the enemy. And now you're trying to work out of a public airport where the Taliban has come in and taken over the city. These people need to either resign or be fired. All of them. If you couldn't see that coming, then you have no business being in charge of the military. You don't take away people and take away your only stronghold. I think an 8th grader would understand that. They really would. An 8th grader playing a video game gets that. You don't give up your strong point. You don't give up your safe place, your secure location, And hope for the best in negotiating with a group of people that essentially aided those that took down our buildings and killed almost 3,000 Americans 20 years ago. Like they're going to love us now? Yeah, I can remember with Sicknick. Then it became, wait a minute. Okay, so it's not the fire extinguisher that we've been talking about for a week. Maybe it was bear spray. Yeah, yeah, bear spray. Let's arrest those people, too. And it turned out it wasn't. Turned out that he died a day later of a stroke that had nothing to do with the events at Capitol Hill. And in all honesty, one of the things that really disturbed me was how many people really knew the truth the entire time. How many people knew in the Capitol? Listen. Listen. The Capitol building is one of the most defended, most secure buildings in the United States. It has more cameras and more, shall we say, hidden protections. It's not open for anybody just to, just to wander in the front door and do as they please. I'm convinced with all the video that I have seen that the only way all these people could have gotten into the Capitol building like they did was twofold. Number one, somebody let him in. Nobody, number two, even with all the warnings and the idea of bringing up additional officers and even the National Guard to protect the House as it was in session, to certify the election, that was uh, decided no. I am convinced. That Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats were were hoping beyond hope to get the optics to shut down any more looking at how the election was stolen. I, I you can't convince me otherwise. You could travel around the country as as many people did even during this pandemic. And and where do these votes come from? I'm going to just go with Georgia because I'm here quite a bit. Got an individual that I know very well, who after the election and especially after the, the Senate thing fell apart, too. I've always said that Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, was a never-Trumper, so it didn't bother him too bad And you know, to get rid of Trump. He would be willing to put up with a Biden as long as we kept the House and the Senate, has stalemate, and life moves on. But see, when the spotlight came on really bright and all the things that were illegal under Georgia law that were condoned by the Secretary of State, Brad Rafsenberger. well, they couldn't do anything to fix the election that would come up in January. They had their hands tied because the spotlight is on. They can't do anything. They can't get the legislature back in session either. And so it fell apart. And the two Senate seats, and that's another election you can't convince me was legit. Two suddenly flipped. Something was terribly wrong. It's funny, um, after all that was said and done and we got into March and April, well, then the legislature, you know, then Governor, Governor Kemp signed a bill to fix the election integrity in Georgia. You want to know why? He runs for re-election next year, he and Rauschenberger. They can't have this easy ability to cheat, otherwise they're going to lose, and they know it. This is the kind of stuff we're facing in our country today. Election fraud, and then people in government that can't tell the truth. People who, for the only way to describe it, I have so many things in my mind. If I'm just kind of going here and there, kind of bear with me just for another moment as I tie all this together. We are in a world of hurt. I really believe that God's hand of protection is going to leave this nation severely And rapidly and swiftly. We as a nation have dishonored God. Mocked his name. It's obvious now when you look at some of the polling data that comes out. That the majority of Americans in the United States are no longer believers or Christians. Period. End of discussion. And that number is rising rapidly every year. The number of true Christians is rapidly disappearing. People like Nancy Pelosi saying, I'm a good Catholic, though she is so pro-abortion. And doesn't think there's anything that needs to be said. Just leave it alone. That shows a person that has no integrity. If you believe that you are a Christian and you believe in what God's Word says, you don't disobey God's Word because of your politics. In other words, your politics has become your religion, and your religion of politics will not save you. It has no power to save. And if you think that somehow when you die that some priest will come by and throw some holy water on you to push you into heaven or whatever, don't count on it. A military that can't even do the job of being in the military. Too busy dealing with social matters and issues and getting angry about it, no less. I read a story today about some Marines, different ones, that are walking away from their. They could have a retirement if they hung in there another year or two. But one guy said, I can't do this in good conscience. Our woke military is going to be our downfall. And with what this administration has done, and like I say, this is tying it all together today. There's so many things to talk about. Where's the United States standing in the world today? Didn't Joe Biden say we're going to bring back better? I'm not trying to be political. I'm just saying this is the reality of where we're in. There is no, you, you can't sugarcoat this. Those other countries that, for the past almost 70 years, the North American Treaty Organization, NATO, that held the United States in high regard, are now very angry that we're not keepers of our word. The British can't trust us. That's a relationship we've had literally like a band of brothers since World War I. That's now in peril. The same with our Canadians to the north. The French, anybody else we've dealt with, we have just proven we are an unfaithful partner. You can't trust us. What are you going to do when the world finally says enough of the United States? Look, China's out there trying to position them as the nation of power and influence. What's going to happen when What is called the petrodollar, which happens to be the United States dollar that used to be worth something. Not anymore. When we keep when we have bills to borrow three and five trillion dollars, the amount that the value of our dollar keeps dropping like a rock. Takes more of them and you don't get more of them to pay for the goods and services you need. That's the phony fake tax people don't think they have. The government borrows, the value of your money goes down. In other words, you're transferring your wealth to the government to spend it without even being taxed directly. And that's how it works. A lot of people haven't figured that out yet. In my lifetime, look at the amount of inflation. Look at the amount of inflation, let's say, from the 1930s or 1920s, 1940s to the time that I got out of high school in in early 1970s and went on to college and school to what it is today. It's amazing how fast since we got off the gold standard, the value of our money has gone down and we keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. Someday. Someday that loan is going to be called in and we won't have anything to pay it with because look at the dollar bill. Back in the old days, it used to say "backed by, you know, gold currency or silver, whatever the case may be. Now it just says the good faith and credit. <laughs> I, I would hate to see the Experian credit score of the United States right now. Any of them. We start out the program today recognizing the failure in Afghanistan. My heart is breaking for those that are were in the way of Storm Ida as it came through New Orleans. And, and who knows? I record this program in advance to get it distributed. Who knows what we will learn about the storm? Who knows what we're going to learn about Afghanistan before this day is out? Tomorrow is supposedly our last day in Afghanistan as they desperately try to get people out. Too many stories that I'm seeing that are saying a lot of people still trapped and that our evacuation is going to be a dismal failure. And I believe we're going to see a hostage crisis situation the likes this nation has has ever seen before. Truth. I started out today talking about a deficit of truth. It is no longer an honored commodity. We are living in a post-truth world. Bible says people are given over to fables. They're given over to, well, idiocy to be quite blunt. Where they do things that they think are right, even though in the eyes of anybody rational, they're totally wrong. Totally nonsensical. Yet to those of the reprobate mind, this is my point. For those that have given themselves over to the reprobate mind, what they are doing, like giving up a military base, seems like a good idea. What they're doing, giving up all this military hardware, seemed like a nice gesture. And somehow they're going to be nice to us and let us all go to the airport and leave. The Bible talks about the mass delusion... And if you don't believe it, take a good, honest look around you today with many of the things that are, that are coming down the pike. There was a time I could count on media, even local media, to be at least somewhat truthful. And as I review some news stories, I'm going to share a couple of things on the other side of the break. I can't even trust them anymore. Honesty and integrity are now in deficit. The time of judgment of God and tribulation, it's not coming. I think it's already it's here. And as each day goes by, unless God gives us a reprieve, it's only going to get worse. Do you believe in the work we're trying to do here at Truth to Ponder? By the way, I want to be very thankful to God. I had a rough weekend. Friday, after I got the show done, I started sneezing. I didn't know if it was hay fever or cold or whatever. Saturday, I was miserable. Yesterday, I didn't know, I felt terrible and suddenly something said, just get outside for a while. We got out for a little bit, took care of, had to get a couple of things. I didn't really want to go out, but I did and I felt a whole lot better. And then by God's grace, got a good night's sleep last night, woke up, my nose is clear. My mind is clear. I feel great. So I want to thank God for giving me the strength to be before this microphone today. Are you prepared for what's coming? I got a lot I want to share in the next segment. If you believe in the work that we're doing, would you just go to the website and let me know? If you can support us, I'll give you the address toward the end of the program. Right now, we need
1: to take a break, and I'll be right back. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Beerman. The blessing after not seeing. Shalom Alechem. This is Jonathan Khan, the nice Jewish boy, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now, get a pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. The day is Shavuot. In Hebrew, that is the feast of harvest. Always a tremendous day of blessing for the Jewish people and so much for the apostles because that feast in Hebrew is called in Greek, Pentecost. And that's the same day God chose to bring the blessing of the spirit, the day of power and joy and all the blessings. But in order for them to see the blessings, they had to wait. Day after day, That had to seek God. And you think every day they're seeking God and they just waited and nothing happened first. First day, nothing. Second day, nothing. Third day, nothing. Fourth day, nothing. A whole day of prayer or seeking God, nothing. And you know, they may have been disappointed or wondering what's going on here but they kept doing it. They persevered with God and then the blessing came. Well, the same for your life. You know what? God wants to bless you, but you know what? You have to be faithful. You have to stick through. And the thing is, keep going after you don't see. When you don't see him come through, keep going. Keep going when you're disappointed because you know I found that often it's after you've been disappointed and you keep going with God, you're faithful with him, you press on, that's when the blessing comes. With your life, keep going, keep believing, my friend, keep serving, keep ministering, keep rejoicing, keep giving thanks, bless him anyway when you see or when you don't see because he's faithful, you need to be faithful also. The blessing will come in his way, in his manner, in his time, but the blessing will come after you first don't see it come. Keep going because he will be faithful to you. you be the same for him. Want more ask for when he is come. Now, the free gift for you. The mystery of the temple doors, you'll love it, and sapphires with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Special teachings, updates on Israel, world events and prophecy, and the secrets of strength and victory for every day of your life. How do you get this completely free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, my friend, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and to the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 and you'll be doing great things for the Lord. It's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now, how do you write me? Here's the address. The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. It's a Nice Jewish Boy. It's 1111, it's Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, keep going, my friend, and the blessing will come in Messiah, Habaracha Elohim, the blessing of God.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I want to welcome you back to part two of our Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm sorry the way my mind just went all over the road in the first segment. Just so many things in front of me that deeply concern me. And I just wanted to get it off my chest, and I I apologize if if it was hard to follow. But I want to get back to some of the news stories we've been following. It's obvious that we have a deficit of truth in our nation. And that's one of the reasons I chose the name and felt strongly about call the program Truth to Ponder. It's a short commodity, and if you look, even at things like the pandemic, the virus, the all the angst and anger, I've noticed the media, even local media now, is pushing any story where somebody uh, should happen to sadly pass away in a hospital. The first question is if they, if it may have been COVID, were they unvaccinated? And if it's true they're unvaccinated, they make a big deal about it. I mean, it becomes it becomes headline news that somebody died that was unvaccinated. So hurry out there and get your vaccination today. Well, there are a lot of things. I, I, over the weekend, I, I've got to just share this story. And I'm not going to name any names, places, or, or anything. I noticed there were a couple of stories that had come out in the last, oh, I don't know, 10 days. Two people that were anti quote vaccination and they came down with COVID and they've died. And, and of course the implication is if they had just gotten the vaccine, they'll be alive and well. And a lot of people believe that I don't necessarily believe it because the, uh, the news media's track record in the last several years has been downright dismal. So I, I take it with a grain of salt. There's somebody that I know, and I use social media because I kind of have to. Somebody I know, I'm not going to say who it is. And he was one of those types that not long ago got the vaccine. Got his two shots. Fully vaccinated. And he spent a lot of time, he was actually kind of a religious person. But he spent a lot of time shaming people into getting the vaccine. It is the Christian thing to do. If you don't get your vaccine, then you better put your mask on and stay away from me and and everybody because you're just going to kill and infect all you unvaccinated. He went on and on and on, just condemning anybody that wouldn't take the shot. And he did. Then he got COVID and now he's dead. Now, will that make the... The headline news, somebody that's vaccinated died, of course not. It doesn't fit the narrative. And sadly, I know more people than I would care to mention that have had the shot and have died for one reason or another. While I know seven, my wife and I were trying to think seven or nine people we know of that had the virus and lived without the vaccine. So I'm not saying that that is well, I'm not saying that's the totality of the information. I'm just saying you're getting a piece of the information, and that's what I find disturbing. Good example, not long ago, NBC Chicago reported the launch of a Vax Verify, an online COVID uh, jab ver- you know, verification portal for residents of Illinois. Anybody now over the age of 18 can use the portal to check and download their records so they can go to events and businesses that require it. The Illinois Department of Health director made a statement that as more businesses and events and organizations require proof of vaccination, of course, are getting their arm twisted to do so, Illinois residents will be able to confirm using the Vax Verify. And it goes on and on. Now, here's the, here's the problem that I'm I'm going to have with this. Besides some constitutional issues, it appears maybe some of your medical and your finances may end up being tied together. See, the Vax Verify portal is is using a one time process through the federal the financial credit score company Experian. A decision that suggests that your medical history and finances being under the same roof with the same company could be interconnected in the future. Now, this this is what I'm afraid of. This is what a lot of people talked about, and we got people slamming me. When I said, you wait, there'll be a vaccine passport, people said, you're just a nutty conspiracy theorist. That'll never happen. Well, look all over the world. You can't even go to a grocery store in France unless you're vaccinated. And once again, we don't know the long term ramifications of how well this will work. And I'll get to that in a moment. It's a risky territory. And here's why it could become a way to dock paychecks, keep people from getting a job, uh, making them have to pay these quarantine fees. <laughs> I don't know why. That, if I got my own home, what's the problem? You know, some people are already talking about denying medical care. Canceling private insurance. And you have some politicians, if you don't get the vaccine, suspend their gun permits, suspend their driver's license, deny them any access to a loan, withhold all government assistance, including Social Security and VA benefits. Barring them from bars and restaurants, barring them from exercise facilities and hotels, not letting them buy food This is what it's coming down to, and it disturbs me. It's see, this vaccine passport becomes a digital ID. Now I will come out and I will just say it: I do not believe the digital ID, which is going to come. It's going to come. They're not the mark of the beast in and of themselves. But it's amazing how many people are willing to jump on board. I'll get that shot. I'll trust what they're saying. And has anybody noticed, Israel and some other countries that were ahead of us in getting vaccinated, where most of the people in the hospital today, in the ICUs, they're fully vaccinated. I thought this was supposed to minimize. I thought this was supposed to help. And it turns out maybe not so fast. Maybe these things don't work as well as we thought, which means you'll need a third dose. And as some said, a fifth or a tenth or a twelfth. When does it end? And the problem is, as I mentioned last week, on Monday, I have a problem with the way this thing was approved. I'm not sure that it was really approved. Number one, why were all the normal protocols for a vaccine short-circuited and just eliminated, forgotten, not done? You realize that we are still in the testing phase, and you are, if you took the vaccine, the test subject for until 2023. Now, there are a lot of doctors out there that have differing opinions there are some that are very pro-vaccine, and I take them at face value to the point that I know that they don't want to upset the apple cart. For example, if you're a doctor in Canada, England, uh, you know, most countries that have socialized medicine, you work for the government, and you do what the government says or you don't work. So when a, a Canadian doctor... Starts saying, you know, I I was all pro vaccine. I started giving my patients this vaccine, and now I'm starting to see people with all kind of conditions that I think are the vaccine. And he's told to shut up or lose your license. But he's seeing it with his own eyes, and he's got like 30 years experience. This is some new territory. But see, if you say that, Facebook suppresses you, Twitter bans you, YouTube pulls it down, doesn't matter. There is a singular narrative. The vaccine is God. The vaccine is salvation. The vaccine will get you back to normal. Hurry up and get the vaccine today. It's not a vaccine passport, my friends, and this is what worries me. Naomi Wolf wrote a book called The End of America, a letter of warning to a young patriot, Naomi warned the United States is on a path toward tyranny. And in the book, she laid out 10 steps toward that tyranny that have been followed in every, virtually all would-be tyrants that we understand in history. Whether it be Italy in the 1920s. Yeah, Italy in the 1920s. Germany in the 30s. East Germany in the 50s. Chile in the 70s. China in the 80s. And worldwide, right now. The The 10 steps, they start with the invocation of some kind of terrible internal or external threat. It may be real, or it could be imagined, or it could be hyped. And it gets hyped up louder and louder and louder. In 2001 onward, the threat was terrorism, which was used as a justification for for taking away gradually many of our liberties. I watched those buildings come down. I, the, the Twin Towers that I watched go up when I was in college. I could see it during one of my classes. I could see over the distance. I could see the World Trade Centers rising up. And then to watch them on TV coming down. You know, I'd been to the Empire State Building and other buildings in my lifetime, but I never got down to that part of Manhattan. I'd always wanted to go see the World Trade Centers. It was on my so-called bucket list. It never happened. But see the War on Terror was used, used over the years one little piece at a time in the Patriot Act and other things. you know to maybe we can spy on your phone records. maybe we need to see a little bit more about what you do. Maybe we need information. The war shifted from unknown terrorists to us. And the enemy of the state now includes us. Have you noticed the Department of Homeland Security there? If you challenge any COVID-19 restriction or mandate or vaccine, you might be a terrorist. If you believe your own eyes and what you saw in places like Georgia and what happened in Wayne County, um in Michigan, Detroit, Philadelphia, if you believe your own eyes and you could see the cheating going on and the very legitimate stories out there, you too might be a terrorist. That's right. You might be a terrorist if you believe the election had irregularities. You're a terrorist. You're a threat. You have to be watched. If you have any questions about any of the covid-19 idiocy. And I call it idiocy for a reason. How many times has the narrative been changed over and over and over again? A mask doesn't work. Well, a mask does. It's patriotic. It it protects somebody else. Maybe it protects you. Wear three. Okay, if you're vaccinated, take off your mask. If you're vaccinated, you better put it back on. I mean, I mean this has been a this has been a a keystone cop episode. With Fauci at the wheel. The man is so full of himself. And it's his wife that also works at the NIH, where the drugs get approved, by the way. Uh, That's not the FDA, just so you know. So we've seen all this. So the war on terror now includes us. And the punishable acts have gone, have shifted from blowing up buildings To simply disagreeing with the government. In other words, you don't have to do something terrible. You can just simply disagree. Totally disagree. And you're in trouble. See, the vaccine passport to some people that have a reprobate mind sounds like a great thing. But if you don't understand the danger of what they can do. Actually, I think, look, I use PayPal. I've had it for years, but I probably in a few months, either I will get rid of it because I am looking for a Christian alternative. I will either dump it or they're going to probably dump me if they ever heard this program. You've got people that want to have nothing but a digital currency. Digital currency. Got to get rid of that evil cash. There's a war on cash. And more and more people are accepting of using their credit card, their debit cards, I have nothing against them. They are a convenience. But the idea of the total digital wallet is something that is concerning. Who controls it? And you have people like the, the Sh- Klaus Schwab's at the World Economic Forum. The Great Reset is here. And, and you see the vaccine passport is being a prelude worldwide for a digital wallet. Digital wallet. These vaccine passports have nothing, in my opinion, to do with the vaccine. It's to get everybody tied together, your health, your credit. They want it all tied together. And then if you don't live the life they want you to live, they can start taking your freedom away to demand. If you want your money, if you want your Social Security, if you, that you've earned, you've paid for, if you want benefits you're paying for, if you want to be able to go to the grocery store, you have to obey the rules. These services will then... Ba- look, right now, PayPal and others, are, and even some banks, are shutting down accounts based on your personal views and your politics. Just wait until every bit of your ID, your life is in that ID, and it can be disseminated in, in seconds by artificial intelligence to make some hard decisions for you and what's good for you. The passport, privacy is over, Fourth Amendment is gone. The government is going to be able to use this ID to be in your homes, in your phones in your internet, in everything you do. I'll probably spend part of tomorrow's program on a different topic that'll have a lot to do with this. You know, biological threats are the new the new war, so to speak. And I believe it's the highway to the Great Reset that so many people in the world, the billionaire class, want. I don't know what the vaccines are going to do. I, I don't have all that information. It's not mine. I, I, don't know. I don't know what they're going to do in the long run. There, there are some doctors that are very credible. They disagree. Some say it could cause mass sickness and death in just a few years. Some say just an increased number of deaths and illnesses over the years, where people that may have lived to be 80 or 85 or 90 will die in their 70s or 60s fertility rates may go down that that's that's probably the low end you know passports they don't even prove you're immune from anything we know they don't work we we know now just look at these countries they're rushing it we have to hurry 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 get back to the passport we all have to run and get it so you can run out to the bar or the ball game or go to the grocery store or go to a restaurant get that passport now and i i thank god for the governors in the United States that are standing up against it as hard as they can. Tomorrow's program, I've got one more topic I want to shift away from. I want to shift away from. We're going to have to plan for the future as Christians, and I'm not going to have time to get totally into that topic today, but there is something else that I do want to get into. There is another topic that is in the back of my mind. Just to show you, I talked about the depravity of, that we're experiencing in our country today. I may even share this again tomorrow in the beginning of the program. I know some people can't hear the whole thing. But I ran across this story. And it really, this, this once again, it shows where we're going and where the reprobate mind is. And this comes out of Cook County, good old Chicago. A Chicago mother cannot see her child until she is vaccinated for COVID-19. Now, she's not an old lady in bad health, but a Cook County judge, James Shapiro, stripped Rebecca Furlett of her parental rights at a child support hearing. Furlitt is now appearing, you know, she's appealing the court order, saying the judge has no right and no business to strip her parental rights over her vaccination status. And I agree. She can only speak to her son now, via a Zoom conference online. She has not seen him for, we're going on, what, almost three weeks. She's appealing the order saying the judge had no business taking away her parental rights simply because she's not vaccinated. It had nothing to do with what we're talking about at that hearing. In other words, this judge, this reprobate Democrat, you can guarantee it, judge, He fears the virus and has no fear of God. This is what it boils down to. And taking away his son, her son. I mean, the child's father hadn't even mentioned it or raised the issue at all. In this case, the judge just happened to say, oh, are you vaccinated? No. Well, you can't see your son until you are. This, my friends is the beginning of treason. This, my friend, is the beginning of stripping your rights away. This, my friend, is what this vaccine passport is all about. It has nothing to do with the virus. Mm, See, the judge says that it's all about we we don't want children to die. He's all concerned about the many, many, many children that have died. Well, judge, you're being dishonest intellectually and morally and spiritually. You're, You're just bankrupt. You have a reprobate mind. We know that very few children have died of COVID in the last 19 months. And in virtually, and as far as I know, it may actually be in every case, but in virtually every case, under 400, I might add, in 18 months. These children had things like childhood leukemia, advanced childhood cancers, and their prognosis for even living this long, they wouldn't have been here. That's a sad thing to say, but it's just true. They probably would not have been here, COVID or no COVID. And more people die of the flu every year. Should the judge be mandating everybody get a flu shot? See, this is the kind of single-minded fear and insanity that we're dealing with. But see, that's not the only issue that we're dealing with in our world today. And I want to share this story. I want you to listen to this one carefully. And I've got the audio to, to back it up. A Southern California public school teacher was caught admitting to encouraging her students to pledge allegiance to the LGBTQ plus whatever pride flag as an alternative to the American flag. And she was bragging of this indoctrination to her friends on her TikTok account. The teacher who's now been identified is Kristen. Pinson of Newport Mesa uh, Mesa School District in Orange County, and she talks about taking down the American flag, and then in this video that she has, she she points to the LGBT flag as an alternative, and she's so giddy and happy about this. If you want to know the reprobates that are teaching and indoctrinating and throwing the sewer morals of Satan into the minds of our children listen to this this so-called teacher
1: okay so during third period we have announcements and they do the pledge of allegiance i always tell my class stand if you feel like it don't stand if you feel like it say the words if you want don't have to say the words so my class decided to stand but not say the words totally fine except for the fact that my room does not have a flag it used to be there but i took it down during covid because it made me uncomfortable. And um, I packed it away and I don't know where and I haven't found it yet. (laughs) But my kid today goes, hey, um, it's kind of weird that we just stand and then, you know, we say it to nothing. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I got to find it. Like, I'm working on it. I got you. (laughs) In the meantime, I tell this kid, we do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to. And he, like, looks around and he goes... Oh, that one? And
0: she's had several similar videos for her close friends to view. I watch these videos. She giggles. She's got this smirk on her face. And she truly believes in the fact that she hates this country and wants to change it. And she wants to change this nation by changing your children to agree with her and not parents. And everything, oh yeah, we I got rid of the flag because of COVID. You know, that was our excuse for everything. And, and displaying what she she showed, this this LGBTQ propaganda flag, she said it reminds her of a gay bar. The Newport Mesa School District is yet to comment on Pitson's pledge of allegiance to the LGBTQ plus flag. Look, it is her right if she wants to hate America, but it's not her right to begin to push things on children. Number one, they're really not ready to receive at that age. It's not her job to indoctrinate your children into what she thinks is the good and cool lifestyle of the reprobate. Church, are you listening to me? church listen carefully if you're a Christian listen if your child is in a school with a teacher like that get them out of the school homeschool them do whatever it takes get them out of Satan's clutches or you'll have to answer before God church I don't want to hear we can't do it we don't have the funds we don't have I don't care what you don't have I serve a God with a who owns the cattle on a thousand hillsides you're just too afraid trying to look at your own ability to do things. That's why the church in America has become basically a shadow of itself. Too many churches are woke and broke, busy with their rainbow-colored flags in the church, celebrating sin, and they wonder why the Spirit of God hasn't moved in that place in decades. It's because the lampstand, the Holy Spirit of God, abandoned those dead buildings and the dead men's bones in fine raiment ages ago. And then a lot of churches that claim to proclaim the Word of God. They, they sing hymns like Standing on the Promises when all they do is sit on the premises. Enough is enough. When does it stop? When when do you do what God has called you to do in this world? We're running out of time. You know, I forgot to mention the one the fourth thing that makes you a terrorist now to the Department of Homeland Security besides Uh, not believing in the salvation of the vaccine, uh, disputing the election, or COVID restrictions. Um, If you celebrate religious holidays like Christmas, yeah, you're a terrorist. If you believe in our work, would you help us out? Our mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's number 263 in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia. And our zip code is 30537 now, tomorrow, we learn how to be prepared. Until then, may God bless. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website,
1: truth2ponder.com. That's truth2ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.